This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Okay, we're going to um, continue where we've left off last week when we, um, we are doing a series of six weeks on the book of Ephesians. And um, for some of you that, that have, are, are sort of jumping into the, onto the boat this morning, you are welcome. Um, I'm not going to repeat what we did in the first two chapters. So we're taking one chapter per week and we're just walking through it. And I'm, I must say, I've been challenged tremendously by the scriptures and, and what, what Paul writes to this group of churches. And he, the first three chapters is basically on the gospel and the, the effect of the gospel and the possession we have in Christ and the possessions we have in Christ and the fullness in Christ. But then especially, uh, it talks about the, the power of the church. It talks about the place and the role of the church. And I think a lot of people, um, especially in South Africa, is sort of lost lost faith in God and especially in the church. Um, we shouldn't have faith in the church, but sort of a hope in the church and hope in what is the church, what is the church. Um, there are so many people that want to redefine the church, um, but uh, the church is standing and it's God's vehicle to reach and reconcile the world to Christ. Uh, is the sound all right? There's some feedback, everybody there at the back. Okay, so, so in Ephesians, it talks about this huge family of divine purpose in Christ. And uh, the, like I said, the first three chapters is a story of the gospel. And then this, the last three is the gospel, how it should work in our everyday life. How should we walk out this gospel, and especially in the church, in, in our practical lives. Um, and so, chapter one, you can go to the next slide, we, we looked at the blessings from the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then Paul prayed this uh, amazing prayer. He says, I, I, I pray that you know what the, is the hope of your calling, what is the richness of your inheritance in the saints and, and the power that is at work in you. He, he prayed this, this amazing prayer and we pray that prayer over each other. It's a prayer of enlightenment, a prayer where he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will open up so that you can see. Because he's, he's mentioning all of this stuff, but if we come in the natural, then we can't see. Because we need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us. That's why it's called the, the Spirit of Revelation. It's called the Spirit of Wisdom. It's called the Spirit of Understanding. It's called the Spirit of Counsel and Might. So, so just to approach God intellectually will not gain you anything. But when you come in the Spirit and there's a revelation of, of these things that Paul is speaking about then suddenly your your eyes begin to open up you know um, I, I must be careful what i say but there's been a, a group of uh, of about a couple of young guys that, that i've been meeting once a week over the last uh, couple of weeks and they've just come to know the lord uh, in the last six weeks and, and one or two of them are just clueless on spiritual stuff but now it's so amazing to to walk through this process with them uh, where they begin to ask like now how does this work you know how do I do quiet time and how do I hear the voice of God and how do I um, you know and and these days especially some of the young people that come to know the Lord they just clueless they don't know haven't read through the Old Testament or the New Testament no biblical reference but it's, it's so amazing when you see somebody that's been there and just has walked into the fullness of God and suddenly 
their spiritual eyes open up. Suddenly they become aware of the reality of, of what it means to, to be a child of God. You know, um, and so even yesterday I, I did a wedding um, and it was a, a, an amazing wedding. Of, um, and, and every time, I, I think in, next, in two weeks, I'll do my 300th wedding. Um, so we've been doing weddings a lot. Um, because there's a lot of young people in the church, but 300 weddings. And um, every time it just amazes me when that bride walks down that aisle. There's just, it, it has never become boring over 17 years of doing weddings. It is, I, I literally have to grab hold of the piece of paper I have and just focus and pray in the Spirit and say, Lord, help, because I need to talk after this. And it's, it's not because of so much, even the couple there, it's, it's very nice when you know the people, but just that overwhelming feeling of this is a prophetic statement of uh, Christ and his church, Christ and, and, and his bride, you know. Um, and and this, is, this is so amazing. It cannot get boring, you know, um, when, when we understand spiritual things. And that is what he's talking about. And so we're going to jump into chapter 3. Are you all sharp, sharp this morning? Okay, some of you look like, oh, just come like, praise the Lord, the kids are at children's church, so now we can come and rest in church a little bit. Okay, but, uh, but I'm, I'm going to pick up some speed because we only have three hours, so let's go for it. Chapter 3. Okay, so the first part is Paul explains his ministry, and the second part is another prayer. And, and we're going to focus a little bit on that prayer this morning and so if if you understand this this was this massive division between the jews and the gentiles and so paul writes in the first couple of chapters and he says well these guys the jews they've got a specific gift and and the gentiles you know but but we've all been united in christ we all have this amazing place that we're reconciled in christ so even if we're sitting here this morning uh, God doesn't see people as pink or blue or white or black. He says everybody has been reconciled in Christ. There is no difference. <laughs> um, because in Christ we can find that un unity. And that's what our nation needs more than e in ever. Would you agree? <laughs> There's so many racial stuff, so much tension, so much antagonism of groups of people against other people. But it's, the church is the only answer for this nation. <laughs> And it's obviously Jesus revealing himself through the church. It's not because the church is so special. It's just simply that's God's choice. So in chapter 3, I'm going to just throw a couple of slides on him because we want to get to the end. In the, in the first part, verse 1 to 5, he talks about this great mystery. He says, through the ages this mystery has not been revealed, but now it's been revealed. And he begins to write about this mystery. Um, and, and how the Jews and the Gentiles are one in Christ. And, um, and it's, it's just by his grace. And then in chapter, in verse 6, he goes on. And remember, he talks about his ministry. Maybe we can start in verse 7. He says, Paul, of which I, this mystery, I've become a minister, a servant, the same word that we use for deacons, according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Now listen how Paul defines himself in this position because he says, we spoke about it last week, but it's like this mystery is like a, a pearl of greatest price. It's like something when you, when you discover who God is, it's not just because he's made you a better person. He's, you were dead and you are now alive. 
You were dead in your sins and your trespasses, but you are now alive in Christ. It's not, he didn't do like a bit of panel beating. <laughs> he didn't like say, oh, I'm going to make her a better person. You were dead in your sins. And Jesus made you alive. <laughs> and now he says, because of this mystery, not just of that, but also because we have all been united in Christ, he says, to me, I am the least of all the saints. <laughs> In the first Timothy, he talks about, he says, I'm the chief of sinners. He says, when you understand this revelation, there is no place for spiritual pride. <laughs> he says, I'm the least of all the saints because I know how much God has given me. And we all know Paul was the guy who crucified, or not crucified, just killed people. Eventually, he was crucified. But he says, I've, I've got this grace, and it's been given to me that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, if you go in Ephesians, is this beautiful, almost like a poem. It's like this, these words that he uses is like amazing. But he says, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Say, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And, and he says, and, and then he says, says, with that comes, and to make all what, see what is the fellowship, the word koinonia, koinonia is the word we use there, of this mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. If you just take that term, in Christ, through Christ, in the book of Ephesians, you it was just like, whoa, you know, why does it actually mean to be in Christ? And he says, God has given this mystery to the church, to you and I. So, so what's happening here today isn't just, a, oh, we're getting together because we want some fellowship. This is profoundly spiritual. And that mystery of the ages, he's given it to you and me. He says, I'm, I'm giving it to the church. And when we have fellowship together, we don't fellowship just because we have a nice community or we're connecting or because nice people. He says, this is the mystery of the ages. And for me that preaches this to the Gentiles, he says, I'm the least of the saints. I'm, I'm like, there is a grace given to me. And you know, we all know that Paul wanted to go to the Jews and Peter wanted to go to the Gentiles. And then God just said, no, 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 you're going to be too intellectual. Paul, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. And Peter, the fisherman, loudmouth, I'm going to send you to the Jews because I'm going to confound the things of the wise. Because I'm going to reveal it through foolish things. Now verse 10, are you all still with me? Sure, thank you for your enthusiasm over there. I'm just warming up. So, to the intent, listen to this. Now, he says, we fellowship in this mystery. When we come together, it is profoundly spiritual, the church. He says, to the intent now, the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. He says, so, and, and you can almost miss it, he says, God's working in the church, through that, he teaches the powers and the principalities something about himself. He teaches the angels, he, he says, they, they, the angels and all the powers and principalities, they're watching how God is interacting with the church, his bride, and they're learning from what's happening in our lives. Isn't that like profound? <laughs> It's, it's not just like, hey, when God works in your life, when God does stuff, there's an eternal purpose. It's not just something we're trying. He's not just trying to fix a group of people to say, hey, let's, let's just get them together. He says, I've got an eternal purpose with the church. Now listen to this in verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you which is your glory. <laughs> now Paul is writing in prison, 
And he says, guys, don't be discouraged. Because you're seeing all these things are happening for me, but it's for a purpose. Because even the suffering I'm going through is so that you may see the glory of God. It's not just for the powers and the principalities and the angels, but there's something I'm doing. And, and now as I'm sitting in prison, I'm showing. And, and this is so amazing. You know, most of us, I think if we would be in prison, we would think like, oh, Lord, just save me, save me. But Paul's rejoicing in prison. He says, because everything God will work together. Everything, what God is doing in my life, um, let it be an encouragement to you. And when you look at him, we think like, oh, he's sitting in prison. Like, won't God just like relieve him? Won't God just like take him out? And Paul says, no. I want, you, want it to be an encouragement to you. So the, you'll probably notice that all the yellow stuff is stuff I've added in. Okay, so the church is not just an afterthought in God's plan. Okay, so now, are you all ready? Are you all still alright? Okay, so we're just running through the scriptures. I'm, I've got like 20 hours I want to do in 25 minutes. So let's go for it. Verse 14. So now Paul introduces this second prayer, which is a powerful prayer. And he prays for four specific things. And we're going to pray it over each other. Because remember the first prayer we did was that our spiritual eyes will open up so that we can see what are the riches of his of that hope that he has given us, our hope that transcends earthly stuff. He says, I, I pray that you know the inheritance that we have together in God and also the power of God that is at work in us. But now he begins, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. He just spoke of that glory. Now he says, these four things I really pray for you as the church. While I'm here in prison, I pray for these things. The first thing is I pray for strength. He says, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Now the inner man is your spiritual man. So he says, I, I pray that you'll find strength. Because there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of people speaking. There's a lot of fear in our nation. But he says, I pray for strength in your inner man. Because when, when your spiritual man is standing up, you don't just, you're not just doing stuff, you're realizing that God has got a plan. I am strengthened in God. You know, that's why when God spoke to Joshua, remember, because of the promised land, he says, be strong and courageous, Joshua. Because when you're going to go into this promised land, there's a lot of giants there. And you're going to need to conquer the Jericho and the giants in your life. So, so you need strength. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to give you strength in your inner man. The second thing that he prays for is he says that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. It's, it's not just Christ will come to visit you. He'll come to dwell in your hearts that you'll constantly be aware of who he is. But when he comes to dwell in your hearts that you, that you say, hey, I'm not just going through the week or tomorrow when I'm stepping into work, I'm, I'm trying to manage my own business. No, no, God is actually dwelling with me and by faith I'm accessing that. So I, I need a depth in my spiritual place with God. I um, remember this week I was in one day in uh, Port Elizabeth. So as I'm, I'm walking across this 
massive big road, two, two roads this way or two lanes this way and two lanes that way. As I'm getting out of the car, I had to rush over and in the middle of the road, the Holy Spirit says to me, stop, phone somebody. And I'm thinking like, now it's a busy street. <laughs> so I'm standing in the middle of the road. I, I haven't experienced a lot of stuff like that, but that day I realized like I have to right now stop and be obedient to God. So I'm standing in the middle of the road, taking out my phone, and I'm because a picture of a specific guy came up in my mind, and I just said, I have to phone him right now. So I stopped, I phoned him in the middle of the road. And I said, say, let's say Joshua. It's not his name, but use his name, another name. I said, Joshua, I don't know why I'm phoning you right now, but there's something happening. And then he just bursted out in tears. And he said to me, I was on the point of committing suicide and, and you found me right now. Thank you. So I just said, don't do it. <laughs> Not Nike, just do it. Don't do it, you know. <laughs> Stop the bus, you yeah? But <clears throat> how many times don't we just miss God because we, 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 we're going on with our lives. We're not aware that God would sometimes, even just in your mind, just give a picture of somebody or you will tell you stop pray but when when god dwells with you there's a there's a spiritual well that you that you're drinking from there's a fullness of god the third thing he prays for is for spiritual apprehension he says that you're being rooted and grounded in love so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Oh, that's, that's almost a sermon just on its own there. <laughs> it says that, that, you will, that you'll be able to comprehend, that, that you will grasp how big God's love is for you and for the world. And he actually talks about the love that has four dimensions. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? The scripture was re written so many years ago. Scientists only now in the past decade have said there's four dimensions. But scripture has been talking about long before <laughs> of God's love. And he says that you be rooted and grounded, that your foundation is built on that love, but that you're also like a tree that you're rooted in God's love. Because otherwise this world is going to throw stuff at you. This world is going to tell you, no, go and find that love in another place. This world is going to say to you, no, you're not loved by God. But he says, I, I pray this over you, that you be rooted and grounded in his love. That like that tree, doesn't matter if there's drought or whatever, that tree is so deep, that roots are so deep into that ground that it's getting water from another source. It's not relying on the rain or not rain or damn water or not damn water. It says that root is so deep. That foundation is so solid that whatever is built, it's built. You've, you've grasped, but not in your knowledge, he says, because it passes. God's love passes knowledge. It's not something you can say, oh, I'm going to try to figure it out. How many times do we sing about God's love, but we don't understand? Unconditional, amazing. It is, it is like crazy. He says, it passes knowledge. Don't try to figure it out. Just yield to it. And say, Lord, I, I want this in my life. I want, your, I, I want to comprehend. I want to see and I want to know your love. So that I'm rooted and grounded in this life. 
it's not by what passes by or who's the president of the land or who's the next political this or because I don't find I don't find my living waters from that stuff from what happens on the outside I'm a tree planted by living waters Psalm 1 can I give an amen so thank you for your enthusiasm over there I'm only halfway now okay so you need to the more amens the quicker I preach okay so amen okay wonderful okay so the first thing that he prays for is he says, I pray for the fullness of God, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So this is the second prayer that he prays, and he prays these four things. He says, I'm sitting here in prison, but I'm praying it for you, church, because they were in this area where there were so many idolatries, so many false worship, so many stuff that were coming in the church, that was coming against the church. And I say, I pray that you be strengthened. I, I, I pray that you'll find the depth of... of in your heart through faith that Christ will dwell there I pray that you'll be grounded and rooted in love and I pray that you'll be filled with the fullness of God sure I remember this one old Umi and Tani I, I met them um, at a church I think it was about 15 years ago and they were I think they were 85 Kumi you're almost there almost there but you, you're still very young so Kumi is only 80 but so now this woman, Tani, they were standing there and they were so excited. So now we had this worship service and they were like so excited. And I thought like, I just need to go and check. So I went up to them and the woman, Tani, was holding their hands. Um, and then the Tani said to me, we just got another mandate from the Lord. We are so excited. I said, what? 85, are you going to... What are you going to do? So I, in my mind, thought they're going to retire now or now move to onres and have some rest, you know? I don't know why you have onres. It should have been rest, not onres. Okay, onres is like, you know, different. But um, so I thought like, this is what they're going to do. They said, no, the Lord just told us to sell everything to go and plant a church in the northern parts of Zambia and we are so excited. And I thought like, wow. You know, we sort of live and think like, oh, you know, when I get old, I've got nothing to do. There's some of you, you've got a mandate from the Lord. And you need to listen, you need to ask. And we're going to pray these four things for each other. Now, the last verse. Are you, are you with me? This is, this, is the, this is the cherry on the cook. This is the cherry on the pie. Do you get a cherry on a pie? No, you don't get a cherry on a pie. This is, this is, the, this is it. Now, listen to what he prays. Are you, are you ready for it? No, no, don't show them that verse because they're not ready yet. Okay, are you, are you ready for this verse? Because now Paul goes, this car hasn't got a fifth gear, but he puts it into sixth gear. Okay, this is just a four gear rev car, but now, now he says, now, now he's sort of like at the end of the chapter, now he gets really overboard. Because listen to this, verse 20. Okay, are you ready for it? He says, now to him, he says, because we've spoken about this, I've prayed this, but now to him, to God, who is able to do God this power of God working in the church in your life to strengthen you to to put it uh, you rooted and that you comprehend his love that you say God I want to know that love that passes knowledge and I want to be filled with God I want and I want to remember he's praying this for the church it's not just the individualistic thing oh I feel so good he says I'm praying for you as the churches this is what I'm praying for you that all of you and you as a group of people together, 
He says, but now to him, because he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. He doesn't just say, oh. you know, he's thinking about doing some things in the church or in your life. No, no, no. Imagine, lady, you're single and this guy comes to you and says, I love you exceedingly, abundantly, above all else. Every, all the other ladies, you, exceedingly, abundantly, above. So, so now he says, <laughs> if, if, you, if you and I would just grasp it, we would begin to realize, above what, or abundantly, exceedingly above what, all that we ask or even think. So if you would go and sit and think about what God can do. He says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more, multiplied much more above than what you or I can even think or ask for our nation. For your family. So some, some of you are not grasping this words that he's using here. <laughs> it is like, he says, and according to what? According to the power that works in us, to him be the glory. It's not for our glory. It's not because we can say, oh, the church is so great and the world is going to hell, turn or burn, da 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 da, we're going to go this direction because we're so spiritual and we're such an amazing group of people. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. He wants to be glorified. What is the ultimate purpose? Is his glory. When we strengthen, when we when we receive all those things that we are praying for, it is for his glory. So that he can be glorified in the church. And I've got good news for us that God is not over with his church. We get a lot of people that come and say, Oh, Ikabot, you know, God has written over the church, you know. And now people try to redefine church and people try to do all the weird stuff and they try to... But God's word will stand. He says, because he will do exceedingly abundantly above what you can even ask or think of in the church. Not outside the church, in the church. <laughs> For his glory by Christ Jesus to all generations. So when, when I, I must be honest, when, when I read through these first three chapters, spent probably about 50 hours just on the first three chapters, I had to repent. Because I said, God, I don't grasp what you want to do through your church. What you want to actually do, that the church is the vehicle of God's reconciliation to the world. And he says, according to that power that works in us, <laughs> If we just become religious, then you know what? It's just going to be a set of rules. It's going to be stuff. We come in and we do some stuff, sing a couple of songs, and we go on with our lives. But when we yield to God's plan for your life, for my life, for our lives as the family, for the church, He will do exceedingly abundantly above. And I really had to repent because I said, God, I don't see your church like that. I just see a bunch of people that can sometimes complain a little bit and sometimes you know just uh, have so many other options on what they want to do on a sunday and then they figure out oh yeah yeah maybe i'll come or maybe i won't come 
And it's not so much about the event or the people, but it's about something in our hearts where we don't value the church as Christ values the church. We don't realize like this is the house of God. This is the temple of God. This isn't just a nice thing that we come together and do some stuff. This is so amazing. When you and I come together, we realize Jesus is building his church. And he's not given up on his church. You know, we sometimes run away. We sometimes do. But, but yesterday at that wedding again, you know, this guy specifically, he's uh, been waiting a little bit longer for for, for his wife, so he's, he's like 30, but it was so amazing, you know, so they came with this old um, plus bucky, you know, the farm bucky, and drove around the vineyards and stopped at the bottom, and this lady decided that she's going to walk very long to come. So she walked through the vineyards, walked around, by that time the guy was like shattered, you know, shattered nerves, shattered emotions all over the place, you know, because he really waited long for her to get to the front, you know. But it was such a beautiful picture of, of God's waiting for us, God's, God's heart for us as the church. And he says he's coming back to a church that is spotless, that is, has made herself ready for him. But when you and I align ourselves to that, what God says, then he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we even can think of dream of that which we can even imagine of he can do above that exceedingly abundantly so so he's not paul is not using little words here would you agree <laughs> my challenge for you and i is firstly in your life and in my life and i'm ending with this do we actually believe that do you think that as part of the body of christ and if you're not part of the body of Christ, I want to encourage you, then commit your life to Jesus this morning because that's how you start to be part of the body of Christ. The moment when you commit your life to Him, the real body of Christ. When you surrender to Him, He comes into your life and He gives you that life. But sometimes we lose hope. Sometimes we look at our circumstances and then we say, oh, do you know what? There's no rain and there has been no rain for three years. So obviously this place is just dry. And that's why Paul says, look here guys, you're looking at me and you're thinking like, oh, our spiritual hero is in prison. So how are we going to survive? And then Paul says, let my imprisonment be an encouragement to you. Let me, don't be discouraged. But you know what? Day and night I'm praying for something. I'm praying that you'll be rooted. I'm praying that you'll be strengthened. And we're going we're gonna to just take two minutes and we're going to, if you can just go back to the previous slide. We're going we're gonna to just quickly take a minute to pray for each other for those four things. If the band can come up, then we're going to... And then we're going to minister to each other. Because then I want us to pray for the church in South Africa. Pray for the church in Stellenbosch. And I want to encourage you today that... And it starts with that repentance also in our hearts. Because sometimes we put ourselves above the bride of Christ. It's called spiritual pride. When you think like, oh, I don't really need, I don't, but we think like, hey, God is actually here to serve me. And I want to tell you, God is not here to serve you. God is not here to just do nice stuff so that we can be nice Christians. There's an exceeding 
abundant above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us it's the power of the Holy Spirit and God wants to reveal his glory through your family to start with because that's the building block of the church is the family structure is our relationships God does it through relationship because he wants to reveal it to all generations he wants to work in us so that generations after us will still say wow God has been glorified and isn't isn't it amazing some of us can tell that story some of us can say like wow my great-grandfather preached the gospel he was a farmer and every weekend he would go from farm to farm and preach the gospel and because he was true to God's word today I'm preaching the gospel I've got his exact names I come from the French Huguenots they came here to preserve the gospel so I'm realizing like wow Lord I've got such a spiritual legacy but also such a spiritual responsibility I'm not just going through this life trying to find out is there stuff is everything just by chance no it's not by chance God has got a design and that design is that you and I would would walk into that fullness and and understand how much he loves you because that's what's going to ground you that's going to going to be that's what's going to root this tree is the love of God I sometimes think like God how can you love somebody like me I was dead you gave me life I'm so thankful for that every day when I wake up I just say God wow unconditional love not based on me based on your choice I would not have been God's first choice but today I'm on the receiving end and you're on the receiving end of that love but we need to pray for each other that 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 roots will go down that it doesn't matter how the wind blows how the storm comes whether there's rain or not rain that is not going to determine how the tree is planted because it's the root rooted grounded in his love will you thank you for listening remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on shofar tv go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share Sing.